everybody. I'm Jim Ford. And I'm Chad Bokelman. And this is The Lantern Cast Presents Elseworlds. Episode number three. Oh, yeah. That's the second time you've done that. <laughs> like on this, this uh, subset of the podcast or just in general? I think the second time on this subset, and it, I think it would make it the third time if you count the uh, holiday gift-giving guide. <laughs> ah, whatever. <laughs> so what are we covering tonight? Uh, we got, okay, well, uh, I guess uh, to, to review, since we are the, the Elseworlds section of the Lantern Cast podcast, we're covering an Elseworlds tale, obviously. Tonight, it's the Green Lantern Annual number three. This is from the third series of Green Lantern, uh, the Kyle run. And this was after Kyle was introduced. Uh, they put out a, like, it was the summer of 1994, I believe. Uh, you were reading comics long before I was. I was relying on you to explain the Elseworlds summer. Yes, okay. So, yeah, 1994. Um, what DC did for a while was, uh, you know, for their annuals, they would either be like, for, for, for a while it was a crossover. You know, it would be some sort of major crossover for the whole summer, like Bloodlines or uh, uh, Zero Hour, I think, was a summer event. and uh, Just all sorts of different things like that. Then they switched to the thematic annuals. Um, like Elseworlds, they did Elseworlds for the year 1994. They did uh, the Dead Earth concept for, I think that was 1995, I want to say. They did Ghosts. Yeah, they did the Ghosts, the Pulp Heroes, all, all sorts of themes like that. And uh, yeah, some of them were good, some of them weren't. Oh, Armageddon 2001, that was one of my favorite crossovers that ran through all the annuals. Was that actually any good? Oh, I loved it. That was that was amazing. Actually, I mean, as we cover Elseworlds, that was probably you know one of the forebears of Elseworlds, as it was Wave Rider. He would show up in each of the annuals, and if he could touch a, a hero, then he could foresee like almost all of their possible futures. And so, like, it would give you like you know one possible future for a, for a hero that would be the story in the annual and and some of them were fantastic it was like these alternate you know futures that well you know almost certainly never see i think the uh i think that the titans or the teen titans that one may have either come true or come close to coming true no that was that was a, a fantastic storyline but uh no in 1994 they did the elseworlds annuals and uh I, I actually never read this. I, I own it. I read the entire Kyle run, but when I got this, it did not have Kyle Rayner in it, uh, so I didn't really care. Actually, was this during the Kyle Rayner years? Uh, 1994. I don't know. Well, when did Kyle start? It was at 95? Yeah, actually. Because the art style looks, I don't know, it looks pretty close to... Uh... The Hal style, or when when I was reading Hal comics. Yeah, actually, this this might have been just before Kyle Rayner. Let's see, uh, 1994, January 1994, actually. So yeah, Kyle had come out just a couple of months before this. Uh, this this must have been oh oh 
just realized. What? This came out, like, just a couple of months after the whole Emerald Twilight. <laughs> so I guess they figured, you know, if it wasn't bad enough to turn Hal into an ultimate villain, let's go ahead and throw him in a tale where he's a Nazi bad guy. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, okay. So on, on that note, why don't you give a synopsis of, uh, of this Elseworlds tale? I shall attempt just that. The the whole comic opens up with this um, ritual of sorts uh, between some German soldiers and a castle. The bad dude here was is named Himmler. Uh, he's a he's a historical figure, a real historical figure. We'll get into that later. But they're performing some kind of ritual within the the bottom of the castle, and they summon this demon uh, of sorts. This demon grants this power into these rings. Uh, that he calls the bolts of Wotan, and uh, the power goes in. They swear their allegiance, and then we fast forward to I'm guessing a few years later. There's a there's a gathering, and uh, everyone's you know doing the German or the uh, the Nazi salute and everything. And uh, there's a woman standing on the podium. She's talking to Guy, presenting Guy and Hal. Major Guy Gardner, field commander of the Coast City SS, and Flight Lieutenant Hal Jordan, who is the party's most decorated pilot. So uh, I guess they're in their respective kind of character places. And there's a man in the crowd who has a ring, and he's ho- cloaked and hooded, but he can tell that the this this woman on the stage can feel that he's there, so he bolts. Later on, you cut to after the ceremony, and we see Carol Ferris for the first time interacting with Hal, some kind of weird exchange between them, and Hal shakes it off and offers to go to the bar with uh, with Guy, but Guy refuses, says he's got something else to do, and turns out that something else is there's a a gathering in the forest of subverts, I guess, who call themselves Green Lanterns, and they're led by none other than Oliver Queen, who is holding his traditional arrow and his traditional costume, which just got a Green Lantern symbol on it. And he's passing the baton, so to speak, to John Stewart. And right as he does that, Guy and his commandos open up, open fire on the Green Lanterns in the forest, and kill a lot of people. Guy, Guy gets hit. They capture a couple of Green Lanterns. John gets away, and he's. Uh, we cut to Carol Ferris's house, and she's she hears a knock on the door, and it's John Stewart. And uh, apparently these two are actually in a relationship. Yet another quick cut to an alleyway somewhere in the city. He, this man has called Hal into this alley and reveals himself to be Avin Strauss. Uh, basically, he's the uh, second in command, so to speak, from Himmler, uh, the guy who summoned the demon in the first place. You know, Hal asks, you know, what can I do for you? And all of a sudden these armed snake demon looking guys show up and fight them and uh abin lets loose with this yellow energy that just uh tears apart everybody and then gives the ring to hal we have a a quick exchange here between uh guy and the lady we see in the first issue or the first part of the issue and her name is revealed to be carlia carliella um however you say it and uh, she's telling him that the ring has been found and it's time to go after it. Abin is talking to Hal as he gives him the ring and tells him that 
the point of the ring is to fulfill Himmler's dream, which is uh, not a good thing. <laughs> it's basically, uh, it's pretty much what Hitler's dream is, for the most part, if I understand that correctly. Yep. Then we get a cool scene uh, after Abin is gone. Uh, I personally like this little panel of Hal standing with the ring up to his face and the wind's blowing his cloak around and standing over the battlefield and this ring is talking to him. And it almost sounds like, instead of like a, a fear, it almost sounds like the uh, the uh, avarice entity is inside of it. He says, you know, yours is, you know, this is yours. You can do what you want with it. You can make every man do what you please. You can have every woman and just just kind of speaking into his subconscious guy confronts him in the alley and says, you know, come on, buddy, give the ring back to the cause. And Hal unleashes hell on this entire battalion of soldiers. And they're just laid out with one hit. Um, guy reports back to, to the, to Cariella and she's performing another ritual. And it looks like the same place that the, the original ritual that Himmler uh, performed and she's got the captive Green Lanterns, and she basically sucks the energy out of the energy and life force out of these captive Green Lanterns, and forms it into a ring that Guy is now wearing, and it happens to have the Green Lantern symbol on it. She sends him off after after Hal, and it turns out Hal's ended up at Carol's place and sees uh, her in bed with John Stewart. Those two fight, freaks Carol out. Guy doesn't know, or I mean, not Guy, Hal doesn't know uh, what he just did, so he freaks out and leaves. John, you know, is comforting Carol and tells her, all right, it's time to go fight for truth. And uh, that's when Guy shows up, and the next scene we see is Carol's house burning to the ground. Hal is seeing the notice on the front of the gate saying what's going on and what's happened, and gets pissed off and decides, I'm going to go find uh, Guy, and he does. Turns out John and Carol are tied up in this uh, I'm guessing either about to be killed or tortured. And this huge fight between Guy and Hal goes off. Uh, Guy spitting green energy, Hal spitting yellow. And at the end of it all, Guy gets laid out. And he, uh, he frees uh, Carol and John. And uh, Cariella is there and, and tries to tempt Hal back to help the cause. He refuses, and that's when she reveals her true form, which is the demon that Himmler originally summoned. They're fighting. Hal's trying to fight, fight her back, fight it back, and it says, "You know, I can't. You can't hurt me. I'm, I'm the one who birthed the power in the first place." And that's when John shoots an arrow into its chest, and it explodes in some kind of gory mess. Guy gets up after all this is through, stabs Hal in the stomach, and. Uh, John takes the ring off of Hal to to fight Guy and sucks up the power of the ring and somehow ends up in a green kind of... It almost looks like a cross between Kyle's current outfit and current continuity and like almost a warrior, like from Guy Gardner warrior kind of feel. Uh, it's a really cool looking outfit. And he goes up and clashes against Guy. Um, they're fighting for a good while. And then um, and at the end of it all, uh, he defeats Guy and ends up sucking the power out of Guy's ring, which contains all the essences of the Green Lanterns that were um, originally 
you know, pull their sources into guy's ring, the the demon kind of talking in in the ring that Hal had that's now in John's finger is is quieted and overcome by the souls of all these Green Lanterns and then John and Carol shoot off into the night and supposedly to uh save all the innocents, I guess. So <laughs> it's a really confusing issue. So I hope I did it. Yeah. <laughs> the the basic story, some kind of justice, but there's a lot of quick cuts to different scenes and that's the basic gist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so first off, I guess um starting starting at the beginning, um, why don't you explain who Himmler is? Okay. Uh Himmler is actually uh What's funny is he's wearing glasses and everything in here. He, he, I've seen the picture on Wikipedia. He only looks exactly like he did in real life. He's a military commander, a, a leading member of the Nazi party. Chief. He was chief of the German police. I'm going off my notes here. He's chief of the German police, and then he was later the minister of the interior. So basically, you know, Hitler had a lot of right-hand guys, you know, right-hand men, but, you know, this guy was definitely one of them. He was overseer of some concentration camps, extermination camps. Wikipedia, and I'm quoting here, Himmler coordinated in the killing of some 6 million Jews. So, um, big bad dude. Uh, so this this uh, this ritual here, it's almost... I, I've heard a lot of... Uh, I don't know if, if it's rumor or if this is a confirmed fact, but Hitler actually did, in real life, have some kind of obsession with the occult yes so um I, you know he's he collected a lot of artifacts you know uh if you've seen hellboy the first one it you know it goes into that a little bit obviously in a fictional aspect but hitler really did have this kind of interest um so it makes sense that himmler his right hand guy would try and do something like this um the castle they're meeting in is actually a real place and it actually is referred to at one point uh as this as the midpoint of the world um and it was actually occupied by german ss so the at least the first part of all of this is uh is pretty right on as far as the history uh himmler was a real character the car the castle was a real place and summoning of a demon would be something hitler would try if he could <laughs> so you know it's it's interesting that like, if you have to summon a demon to to win, you know, your position, then, like, wouldn't that make you think that what you're doing must be incredibly wrong? I think once you, court, you know, go up into the Nazi party and, you know, for the first time, uh, to, to be perfectly honest, if you're going to go up into the Nazi party and you come to the position that Himmler originally came to, you know, chief of German police and minister of the interior and everything. Yeah. By that point, you've had to have seen so many messed up things that either you don't care or if you ever did care, it doesn't matter anymore because you're so hardened. It doesn't, you know, you're so brainwashed into thinking what you're doing is the right thing. Yeah. That you'll try anything and you don't care who dies in the process. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like, you know, the tiniest little insignificant aspect to this this whole story but yeah. uh just you know a, a point worth raising yeah so the ring that they start off with 
and this to give a little bit of like backstory that's not given in the comic the the bolts of wotan this uh wotan is kind of like uh the european you know the eastern european version of odin the high father uh did some research and in actuality wotan i mean aside from like giving way to the concept of santa claus uh, he had 12 names, 12 main names. He was known as the Allfather, the Lord of Hosts, the Lord of the Spear, the Smiter, All-Knowing, Fulfiller of Wishes, that's an interesting one, Far-Spoken, Shaker, Burner, Destroyer, Protector, and Gelding. So, I mean, like, aside from those those names each having a meaning as far as this whole uh, comic is concerned it's 12 names and they took 12 people to you know be born into this ring yeah that was interesting uh another another thing i didn't catch until i actually did some research is, is later on when guy is you know attacking the green lanterns in the forest he calls john uh a schwarzy or something and i and i thought that was some kind of uh german term you know for a, a derogatory term towards uh people of different races but uh, i looked it up and as best as wikipedia as much as it could be relied on uh it's it's german for black orchestra and it was uh, and i'm quoting here it was a term used by the gestapo to refer to a group of conspirators within the german military who plotted to overthrow adolf hitler so Obviously, John is not within the German military in in this uh, in this comic, but the term, you know, as far as referring to people who plotted to overthrow the the government of the time, is actually used correctly. Well, uh, what you call it? Um, the the translation that I was looking at translated roughly to just black. Oh, it did. Yes. Well, I have terrible information mine says black <laughs> orchestra i don't know what that means well was that like uh was that the english use of the language you know of the word well when i when i typed in schwarzy the first thing that came up was schwarzy capel and i don't know I, i'm guessing capel means orchestra yeah yeah but <laughs> but but the fact that it says overthrowing Hitler and group of conspirators and everything. It just made sense to me, so I went ahead and referenced it anyways. Got it. <laughs> and uh, the guy, Abin Strauss, yeah. which is... I, I looked up him, and he doesn't exist, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just kind of assumed that that was a little fictitious kind of thing I going. I don't care. I was looking it up anyways. Maybe there was something there that I was missing. It, it kind of looks like, what you call it, the the Green Lantern rebels that they, they pick up. It looks like one of them is Kyle Rayner, but he never gets a name. Oh, you mean the guy that they're, like, surrounding? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he he looks like he's got the long kind of emo haircut and everything, so it looks like him. Yeah. But uh, this Avin guy, he refers to himself as, I'm not even going to try and pronounce, well, I might as well, o Uber Gruppen Fuher or whatever. <laughs> Shut up. You Uber group and fluver. <laughs> Dude. You know, you know what makes this even worse? My last name is Bokelman, which used to be spelled B-O-C-K-E-L-M-A-N-N. -N. It's about as German of a name as you could possibly get. 
I have no idea how to pronounce any of this stuff. Oh, man. <laughs> I but, feel like a failure. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, his title that he quotes here is second in command to Himmler. So this dude is... Well, he looks, he's smiling a lot. He looks like a nice dude, but he's not a nice dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he, like that, that kind of, that kind of cuts right to the, the core of this, this whole comic. As far as you start off with, you know, you have, you have the three main Green Lanterns, as, you know, no Kyle Rayner, but you got Hal Jordan, you've got Guy Gardner, and you've got John Stewart. And two of them are, working for the Nazi party. Uh, one is a rebel for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, I, like, I, I guess, I guess like my biggest point with this was why did this story need to be told? You know what I'm saying? I have no idea. You were telling me, you were telling me you looked up the guy who wrote it and couldn't find anything else he'd ever written. Well, no, I, I, I looked it up and couldn't find anything that he had written, like, after this. Like, he had written, like, maybe, like, a story here for, for something like that. I mean, his, his, whole, uh, his whole list of, of credits is, is, is very small. Like, you know, he, he wrote a couple of issues for Fathom. Uh, he wrote a couple of issues for Black Lightning. Uh, the Black Lightning, I think, was the only thing after the Green Lantern issue. You know, like he had a a story in the an, an issue of Justice League Quarterly, uh, an issue in Showcase ninety five. It's like very, very like small stuff. So this guy apparently, you know, he was never a big writer, and he never became anything after this. Like I, I don't, I don't know. Like maybe the the editors decided, oh, well, after writing a story like this, he'd be great for Black Lightning. And after four issues of that, they decided, yeah, you know what, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they had like some kind of a an interoffice contest. Like, hey, we're gonna have an Elseworlds summer, so oh, if you want to write a, the Green Lantern one, you know, submit your idea. If we like it, then you can run with it. Yeah. Well, actually, I just I just found out that he he wrote four issues of Black Lightning from uh, nine to four uh, nine to thirteen. Wait, no, it's uh. A ten to thirteen, rather, and thirteen was the last issue of the of the, the series. So he <laughs> he killed the series. He killed the series, <laughs> and that 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 was it. That's uh, that's his last last thing that I can find him him doing. So I mean, like, okay, I get it. The concept of Elseworlds, Green Lanterns, Nazis. But really, there's there's such a much better way to do this, you know. It's and and the way that it's told is so confusing, and like a lot of things happen for no reason. Like, okay, Hal Jordan gets the ring, um, because he was closer than than Guy Gardner was. Now, I, that's that's a, an interesting nod to actual you know continuity. And, and one more time, you know, you have Guy Gardner, you know, being jealous. And, you know, getting pissed off because he was passed over because uh, he wasn't the one chosen for the ring. But, you know, like, you've got that part, but then you've got Hal Jordan, who, like, the very first thing that he does is use the ring to try and go rape uh, Carol Carol Ferris. 
you know, I mean, like, 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 first off, like, okay, like, this is what you want to be doing with your, with your properties, like, like, even in an alternate storyline, have your main character, you know, get a, an evil ring, you know, as, as a Nazi, and then go, and like, the first thing he does, the first idea that pops into his head is to go, go get back with the, with the woman that he was with. But then on top of that, like, you know, he sees that she's with, like, the leader of the resistance. And, you know, like, he's like, he's like this high up soldier. And what does he do? He basically just runs away. <sighs> God. And then you have that demon who's watching them. You know, he, he sees all of this and he's like, oh, here's, here's where the traitors are. So then Guy Gardner comes and gets him. Uh, and that, that's when Hal Jordan is like, oh, well, now I need to save them. Like, what, what the hell you need to save them? You broke up with the girl, and the guy is the resistance. There's no, like, they don't give any good reason why Hal Jordan, like, would would fight Guy Gardner at all. I think it's almost, in a way, kind of implied that it could be because Hal's, uh, like it shows the ring like talking to him and like corrupting his line of thought as if it wasn't corrupt already i don't know it's almost it's it's almost like the ring pushes him over the edge more than than god guy's jealous of hal and hal's just being spoken to by some demon you know yeah that makes any sense Uh, that uh, just kind of the the clashing of these two guys is they're both being corrupted by the powers they wield like I mean, you can you can use the the ring as justification for why he does what he does to Carol. I mean, I don't know. Does it does it also make sense that he would go and fight Guy then also? I, I mean, that does that part doesn't really make sense to me. You know, like if the ring's trying to corrupt his mind to go get back at at Carol for what she did. Oh God, this is giving me a headache. Well, let's then let's change topics then. Oh my god. I, it's like circular reasoning is what the it, it, things happen in this comic for no no reason. I don't I don't, I'm going to be forthright. I don't like this issue at all, but there is one good point besides some of the art that I will give to this issue. And that is from the point where Himmler summons the demon to the to the end where uh John gets the souls of the Green Lanterns back into his ring. It wasn't abrupt. There was the ring started with Himmler, pure concentrated evil. Then it gets passed to Hal, who some somehow it almost kind of feels like he dulls it down, right? Like it's like it's not as as much of a evil threat. I mean, yeah, he, he's a a Nazi, but it's not. It's almost like he's trying to to use it to his own ends instead of to the Nazi dream. Yeah, it's it's almost as if Hal Jordan's willpower is is forcing the other voices into submission. Right. And then John gets the ring and tries to use it for good, which almost kind of for some reason the the image from Sinestro Corps War popped into my head where Hal grabs the Sinestro rings and tries to use them for good. Yeah, yeah. That that's almost the same kind of feeling I got here when John grabbed the, grabbed Hal's ring and started going up against Guy, and there was another slow progression there. And then when John sucked the souls out of out of Guy's ring, and then the the power became, I'm gonna guess the best word I could say would be like tameable, and 
and usable to the to the wearer's will and their purpose only. So it wasn't like this immediate jump from turning the the bad power to good, which we've seen before. Right. It was a there was a nice slow progression. The rest of the story sucked. Yeah, well, that's that's where it is. Like the very beginning is interesting, and like the way that it turns out is is very interesting too. Like it that makes sense. Like you have a, a ring taken from the souls of the rebels and a ring taken from the souls of you know Nazis that sacrificed themselves, and you know between the two of them. They they neutralize each other. You know, you've you now you've also got the spirit of Hal Jordan in there to, you know, keep the you know, the twelve in submission. Uh and it all neutralizes itself and you finally you get a ring that you know no longer contains the voices and it you know and it is like a Green Lantern ring that, you know, anybody could could wield and manage to do whatever they want with. I like that. Like I, I like how this ended. It's just that to get there so many bizarre things happened, you know, like you could have, you could have, you know, had Hal Jordan make like a, a really clear cut, like change of position and said they, they did it very confusingly. Guy Gardner was just always evil in this one. You know, he, he never had any redeeming qualities whatsoever. He was just, you know, he was Nazi all the way. You know, and even in the end, he, he stabs Hitler. Uh, not, not Hitler, he stabs Hal. God. <laughs> That's quite the mix-up. Yeah. <laughs> Hal is Hitler. <laughs> I is, oh, man. And the weakness being steel, I mean, I don't really understand that. They they threw it in there. I don't know why. It makes, it makes perfect sense that the... The demon took the form of the woman. Which, when that when that reveal happened, I was almost kind of disgusted. I was like, "Really?" Yeah. No, I I, I kind of saw that one coming. The thing that I thought was was kind of interesting. Like, I don't know if you you noticed it, but her her outfit, her dress, and everything kind of reminded me of uh, the Predator. The original one, like, yeah. Okay. I did, did. Like, would you would you agree with that? To an extent, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I I didn't recognize it at first, but now that you say it, I kind I I see the resemblance. Yeah, subtle cues. Well, since you brought it up, her outfit. I think we're I think we're in uh, agreement here that the story was awful. Would you say? Uh, I mean, plot wise, yeah. I I mean, I'm not gonna say awful. I I think like. The, the whole concept of the story is just like completely bizarre and like i can't find any justification for why why you would tell this kind of story you know like uh i i i tried doing a little bit of research to see if like i could find out like why this this writer devries dave devries you know did this why he wrote this you know it, it's you 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 know that the Nazis are the bad guys, but you know you you almost you don't like the fact that you don't hate Hal Jordan is is odd, you know. Yeah, he's a Nazi. He's a Nazi. He's high up in the Nazi party. He never had like a pure change of heart where it was like you know the Nazi party is bad. Like he wanted to save Carol and 
you know, and John Stewart, but you know, he wanted to bring about, you know, the party's ideals, which, you know, I, I guess he didn't realize what the party's ideals were because if that, if it, that was the case, then he wouldn't have saved Carol and John Stewart. Yeah. So, you know, to make Hal Jordan sympathetic in this situation, I, I think is, you know, it, it's bizarre. And, and putting Guy Gardner in the role of Nazi, you know, completely bad guy. Like, like right now in this story, I, I would say that Guy Gardner is worse than Sinestro ever was. I, I mean, is that is that fair to say? What do you mean by that? Explain explain a little more. Like Sinestro, Sinestro does things for a very specific reason. He does things for what he thinks is the greater good. And if people die along the way, then, you know, so be it. But he it's not like he has a vendetta against anyone in particular. It's just like the people that get in his way, you know, to to getting that, you know, what what he believes is the perfect, you know, state of balance for everybody. You know, you're just a casualty of that. As opposed to Guy Gardner in this, who is Nazi all the way, anybody who doesn't go along with the party has to die and he wants this ring of power so that he can have lots and lots of power and kill all of their enemies like he wants all of these green lanterns to die yeah anybody in the, in this this resistance he just wants them completely dead because you know it's it's not because it's for the greater good it's because he has like a personal vendetta against you know this he's he's a complete racist he you know he he like lusts after not only the, the the woman you know in charge of everything but he lusts after the power he's just like like a 100 percent completely irredeemable character and like not even in a good way where it's like oh he's such a great villain he's just a horrible bad villain yeah i see what you i see your point so what did you think of the art <laughs> let's forget the story just the art i i would say that there are there are some things that I think came across really good, you know, like Hal Jordan, like the the scene where he gets the the yellow ring. Yeah, I'm looking at that page right now. I love that. That's that's a really good page. You know, there there there's definitely some some good art in here. Some some stuff is just I don't know weird, like uh, pages with John Stewart and Carol. I don't know John John Stewart looks kind of like. I don't know, weird at some points, completely out of proportion. You know where I think he looks really, really weird is when he first shows up in his uh, his Green Lantern costume, like the, the when he gets Hal's ring and turns into that. I don't, would you? That looks like warrior inspired. It, it, he just he's twisted in a weird way. He's freaking huge all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Like like the perspective is so weird in that one. Like his his thighs, <laughs> I mean, you're looking down on him. His thighs are like so like inadequately proportioned. It's it's hysterical. Yeah, it's for the most part I like the art most of the way through. Yeah, it. But I gotta tell you, in the beginning, I know the story messed up. But as soon as I turned the first page and saw the demon, it it almost lost me right there. It almost made me lose the appreciation for the rest of the art just uh, 
It just looks so stupid. I actually, I, I say that the that page with the demon, you know, when I saw that, I was like, well, that's an interesting take on Green Lantern. I'm like, <laughs> you know, okay, I'm 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 now curious about it. I'm curious why this giant snake demon, you know, is is popping up here. I wonder how that's gonna play out. You know, how the the power is gonna look coming out of the ring and whatnot. But I mean, after that that initial scene where the demon comes out of the fire, I mean, after that, the demon is just kind of like really weird looking. Really, really weird looking. And, the, and I don't understand how all these little demon soldiers and demon pets shot, pop up randomly in the book. I... Yeah, no, I don't get that either. I, I will say one thing for this artist. He may not know how to do a lot of things right, but I got to, I don't, maybe, maybe it's just the male part of me talking, but I like the way he draws women. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, no, no, he he's much better drawing women than he is at drawing men. Okay, that works for me. I, I I'll I'll definitely agree with that. And I was a little um the, I lost all respect for the story the second I saw the weird kind of bondage costumes they put John and Carol in. Oh, like what was that? What the hell was that? I, yeah, uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> They blindfolded him and put him in like steel underwear and chained him to the wall. Ugh. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely like the fact that they put blindfolds on them. That was really weird. Like that didn't make any sense to me at all. It's like, yeah. like wouldn't you like want them to be able to see you torture? The whole thing is just like, well, what is the point of that? You're right. It's an S and M costume. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I. There was, there was no, I couldn't think, there's no reason for that to be in there. And this isn't like, you know, prude chat or anything. I'm, there's, I can't fathom a reason why they would be dressed like that. Like, why did you change John out of what he was wearing and put him in some kind of weird bondage outfit? Why? You're just going to torture them and, or try to kill them. Why is that there? There is no purpose. I don't know. Maybe they'd enjoy it. Uh, oh man, <laughs> I like I like the double page spread of Hal versus Guy. Yeah, I like the I like the double page ad for weird weird science. I don't know what I don't know what to say about this. It, there, I've read this a couple of times now, both for this episode and then when I first bought it, I didn't understand it, so I read it again. And I there's not much I like about this thing. Yeah. I almost want to sell it. I don't... It's... I mean... Well, first off, it's not a good... It's not really a good comic. But, I mean, beyond that, it's just, like, there's there's no reason to read it. Yeah, I mean, like, even from a fan of Elseworlds, it, there's not a reason to read this because, like, it's such an epic failure in terms of, you know, having a plot that maintains reason you know like like so many else worlds you know it, it's like a, a progression of events and mm -hmm. you know it's it's the whole concept is you change either one thing or you know you you put like a different scenario in there and you know you like you watch the dominoes fall you know from the different starting position you know, and things should play out in this new universe 
the way that they would play out in our universe had that one thing changed or something. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the Elseworlds. You know, there are some some Elseworlds that take a few liberties here and there and, and do a couple of extra changes, but but by and large, like that's that's the beauty of an Elseworlds. Uh, and this one, it's like you know you you take that one initial difference that you know what if what if Hitler had won, what if Nazis you know took over, you know okay so that's your starting point. But then, like, the next thing is somehow Hal Jordan and Guy Gardner, who are, you know, heroes, they're, you know, they're good people, you know, like, in, in this new universe, which, yeah, I, Hal Jordan, I, I would think that he would already have been born when when the war was going on, right? Like, that, that about would have been his his birth time see the the timing is screwed up for me because I, I i guess himmler's dead or elsewhere because he's he doesn't show up for the rest of the issue well he was killed himmler was killed when like uh when the when the guy stole the the ring didn't he i didn't think i thought it just cut to oh oh okay yeah yeah he was killed yeah the ring could not deflect iron yeah, Cariella seduced him or whatever, and then, uh, I guess Abin, this guy, took it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I completely glossed over that. Are they are they going off of, of of the continuity of of the comic itself? I I mean, if you if you go off, the continuity of time that, the original series was you know like the third series was at, then. Hal Jordan would have been born like I don't know maybe 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 ten years after the war ended maybe okay you know like if if you're going off of you know they they just updated Hal Jordan so that you know for the '90s series then you know Hal Jordan was probably born in the '50s and in that case you know in ten years the world changed so much that. Hal Jordan is born into this world where Nazis are the ruling power that it doesn't matter, you know, whether or not it seems like the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. He's just going to be a Nazi. Yeah. See, you know, that's, that's, that's a good point because 10 years into it. Okay. You're, I guess German occupied us, but it says here, they even make a point of saying like Guy Gardner is the field commander of the coast city SS. Right. Like, you would think if they, okay, I guess they were born in the locations they were supposed to be born, but how would Hal be raised in an environment where all of a sudden he's hardcore all about the the Hitler party or the Nazi party? Yeah, I mean, like, okay, so the Nazis win the war. That That doesn't explain why all of a sudden Americans would be like, you know, oh well, they won the war. Well, of course, let's let's side with them. Yeah. You know that that doesn't make any sense. That's that that's too big of a leap. You know, for an Elseworlds, I think that's that 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 defies the concept that you're changing one thing and everything else falls like dominoes. That's you're changing one thing. Now you're changing another thing. Now you're also changing the fact that there is a freaking Green Lantern ring out there. Yeah. You know, like. 
Abin Sur would have crashed on Earth. Like, this would have nothing, you know, that would, nothing here happened that would prevent Abin Sur from crashing to Earth. So the other thing is that in this universe, there's no Green Lantern Corps, apparently. You know, that was that was another point. I was going to say, do you feel like this is more of a tale of Nazis or more of a tale of Green Lantern? It's way more a tale of Nazis. Yeah, see, I mean, you see, like, one panel of Oliver holding a Green Lantern battery. Yeah. Or a, a Green Lantern of some sort. Right. And you see the symbol on them, and you're wondering how that symbol even comes to be. But the way they go about giving the power of yellow or green, it makes, like, they don't even explain how the green power exists in the first place. It's just, they just capture their souls. Yeah. You know, they just, other than the fact that there's yellow energy fighting green energy, there's really no, you know, and the names, Hal Jordan and everything. Yeah. It's, there's no tie to Green Lantern whatsoever. Yeah, no, I mean, aside from the rings and the, and the, the names, no, it, it's, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a story about Nazis that, you know, are fighting with, I, I mean, like, you could have given them energy-based weapons and, you know, told the same Nazi tale. Yeah, I don't know, it, it's, it's really weird. This is, it's just an, it's an unlikable comic because it's an unlikable subject and it doesn't. It doesn't really have to do with Green Lantern. Uh, like I said, you know, like, you can just continue all of the different changes. Like, why why is Carol, you know, like, if, if Hal Jordan grows up and is so into Nazis, then why is Carol Ferris growing up and being so into the Resistance? Well, actually, being so into Nazis that she was dating uh, Hal Jordan, and then within a matter of six months, she decides, you know what, I'm going to go Resistance. You know, I I don't even want to I don't even want to pretend to try and figure out the logic going into the story. <laughs> why is Oliver Queen the head of the Green Lanterns? Why is he even in the book? Was was that even necessary? Why are they dressed like archers? Is this some kind of like, you know, hearkening to the Robin Hood kind of story that's only there for like a page? I don't know. Like. Why would they even be, yeah, why would they be using bow and arrows? When the enemy has guns, you can clearly have access to guns, and you're using bow and arrows. Like, why don't you just use, like, a rock and a sling for that matter? Actually, you know what? Do you have the comic in front of you? Yes. Turn to page 10. That's the that's the page right opposite where we first see Oliver. Okay. When... On the opposite page, where we see everyone getting hit by bullets, you see the guy in the Green Lantern costume. It looks like he's dropping a gun. Okay, so, so one of them's got a gun. Has a handgun. <laughs> everyone else has got crossbows and bows in there. I don't see even that. Why does that? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Why? Why would he be the the lone person with a gun? <laughs> the lone gunman. Oh yeah, yeah. You you can see. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't make any sense, but on page 10, he has orange hair, and then on page 11, he has black hair. It's the same guy dropping the gun. Well, there's another guy holding another gun, firing uh, right underneath that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so two people have guns. Everybody else has bow and arrows. Bow and arrows or crossbows? Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe the people with the guns are just really bad aims with the, the arrows. Yeah. 
this, <laughs> this, this is really a failure of a comic book. Do not waste your money, people. Or time. Not even if it's in a 50 cent bin. Unless you want to just round out your collection. Yeah, no, I mean, it's nice to... It's nice to have the whole collection of, of the issues. But my god, like, this... This is nonsense. This is just nonsense. It's a book about Nazis. Like, what were, what were they thinking? What were they thinking? This is not good. This is bad. And oh, the, I will say. Wait, I will wait, say. Wait, I will... wait, wait. John Stewart <laughs> in broad daylight goes to Carol Ferris's house. Nobody else is watching this. Like he he doesn't even he doesn't sneak in the back door. Dude goes to the front door. <laughs> <laughs> and, and kisses her at the doorway <laughs> this doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense <laughs> I, I will say that regardless of that one page where he's like super buff in the uh, in the Green Lantern costume yeah. if, they, if they made a figure of that I'd probably buy it me too I would say <laughs> It, it looks pretty cool. I'm going to go ahead. I don't like the way he looks super buff. The only time I think the super buff look is cool is like, um, oh, what was it? I was reading an issue of Superman not long ago. Actually, I got it in front of me. Superman number 159. It's a team up with him and Green Lantern. And it's Kyle, Green Lantern Kyle Rayner. And I think that it's drawn by McGinnis. And that looks cool only because it's like a cartoony. It's more of a cartoony look. Okay, the cartoony look is cool with McGinnis, but it looks ridiculous any other time when you're trying to be realistic. As realistic as you can be in a comic that has demons. I don't know. I'm I'm done with this. I am I am officially throwing this out of my collection. Yeah, no, it's bad. It's very bad. Do you want to take a break? Do we need to take a break? I'm just, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that, that I need to say about this comic. Oh, God. It's just... Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess, I guess ultimately... Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Oh, okay, okay. So, so Guy Gardner takes one of the bow and arrows and is torturing Jon Stewart with, with the arrows. So, oh my god, why would he do that? <laughs> Just let it go, Jim. Just let it go. Woosa. Woosa. Oh, god. <laughs> Like, like, I mean, really, like, oh, God, like, I mean, I, I understand maybe he wants to be poetic, but, you know, there was nothing to ever imply that he was a very good archery student. <laughs> well, he is short, shooting point blank, pretty much. And, okay, so the ring can't deflect steel for some reason. Like, you know, because I guess you have to give it a weakness. Um, is which, it steel or is it iron? Yeah, iron, it's iron. The ring can't deflect iron, and somehow that means that if you shoot the demon with iron, that kills the demon. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's convenient, but it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Dude, I literally picked up the comic. When I said I was done with it, I threw it across the room. <laughs> yeah. So I'm done. <laughs> should, should, should we take a break? Yeah, okay. Let's... I, I think I need a break now after this. I, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's take a break. 
Hey everybody, this is Sean Pryor, president of the newly formed Action Lab Entertainment. For those that don't know, Action Lab Entertainment was formed earlier this year when four independent and small press comic book creators such as Dave DeWatch from Spacetime Condo, Sean Gabrin from Angry Gnome Comics, Chad Ciccone of Mercury and the Murd, and me from PKD Media, decided to combine our 20 years of experience to create our first major project, Fracture. We're currently attempting to raise $3,600 via Kickstarter.com to print, solicit, and publish our first issue of Fracture, which tells the tale of virtue, the great hero of the city of Lower Triton, the maniacal supervillain Malice, and an average Joe named Jeff. All three of these people have one thing in common, but if you want to know more about this, go to Kickstarter.com and type Action Lab in the search header, or head over to ActionLabComics.com for more details. For those that are interested in donating to this project, donations start as low as $1. But if you wish to donate $10 or more, you can receive rewards such as Action Lab Entertainment buttons, exclusive copies of Fracture Number 1, original art pages from Fracture, original sketch cards, 8x11 sketches, paintings, and so much more. The higher the donation, the more one can receive. So, if you wish to be an honorary lab tech for Action Lab Entertainment, your donation can make Fracture a reality. Remember, you can go to kickstarter.com and type Action Lab in the search header or head over to actionlabcomics.com for additional details. We sincerely thank you in advance for your donation and your support. Peace. Okay, so, yeah, so I had the grand idea to try and figure out who this guy was that wrote this this Green Lantern issue. God, now what's his name? Dave. David. I don't know. I threw it across the room. Yeah. David something or other. Dave DeVries, I, I did some searching and like I'm not positive that I got in touch with the, you know, the definitely with the right person. But from what I saw was he since he also wrote a uh, an issue for Star Trek, there was like a log in a Star Trek Wikipedia type thing and it had like information that he was from uh I think New Zealand or Australia going from there and it had his age and then going from there. Like I found like another website that had like information on this uh, Dave DeVries, which I think he's an illustrator now, but I'm not entirely sure on that one. But if he is, if it's the same person then I think I found him on Facebook Uh, and if I did, I sent him a message just, just asking if he was the one that, you know, that wrote this issue, you know, and that I was with the podcast, the Lantern Cast. So if I get a message back saying that, yes, he was, then uh, I definitely have some questions for him. And uh, I'll definitely share the answers to those questions next episode. Or maybe we'll have him on. Oh, dear God. I hope... <laughs> I, I hope you don't you don't uh, reference this episode. <laughs> oh, oh, I I think I'd have to. Oh my god, <laughs> that'd almost be like sending a link to uh, Howard Jakin. Oh god, <laughs> with the episode that you guys covered after Dan just pretty much laid into him. Oh man, you know, I, I our listeners, I think for the most part, don't like Howard Jakin. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I got to interrupt you and say it. When you were doing the interview and I just, the the tone in his voice and the shortness of his answers, this, the guy in general seems to be a jerk. You know, I posted a, 
a video that uh, a video interview that he had done, I guess fairly recently, within the past couple of years. It was at a convention. It was it was a decently long interview, and it's it's quite different when you listen to him and watch watch his reaction because the shortness of his answers, you know, the way that he speaks, like you can see, like, you know, there's certain things that he says and the way that he says it, and he kind of gives a smile to it. Like he's saying certain things like sarcastically, you know, and when you, when you listen to it over the podcast, it's like very subtle and you, you, you don't catch it. So you think that he's being short or rude, but in actuality, like, it's very clever. He's very, very clever. Uh, you know, like, it doesn't come off as well, I would say, in most interviews. But, uh, you know, I for, one, for for me personally, like, I'm, I'm greatly appreciative that he, he did the interview. And, you know, I, I like the guy. I, I think he's interesting. I think he's a cool guy. I like his art. And, uh, you know, I mean, like, we we've done the review of the the issues, you know. Part of me, th- there are definitely parts of it that I do like, uh, but for the most part, I I do not like that story. <laughs> for the most part, it's it's pretty horrible. But uh, but no, like you know, I I, I like Howard Chaykin. Okay, but you really you really want to have this guy on who did this Elseworlds issue? Listen, I like you see that's t- to me. To have somebody on that wrote something that I did not like, I think is so much more interesting than having on somebody, you know, whose stuff I love. Like, I mean, granted, I'd love to have Ethan Van Skyver on, uh, just because I think he's he's an interesting guy. Um, but you th- you think it might be more of an episode of fanboy gushing? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Not well, not even that. Like with Ethan Van Skyver, I don't even know how much I would want to talk about his Green Lantern art. Yeah, you know, like he has he has a fantastic collection of signatures from you know celebrities, you know movie stars, you know, classic movie stars too. He he's drawn so many things, and he sings. <laughs> he does. He posts his you know his his personal songs you know online on face on uh, YouTube. All the time. He's an interesting person. You know, like, if I had him on, like, I don't know how much Green Lantern information I would actually get out of him. You know, like like someone like Jeff Johns. Yeah, it's, I would be gushing so much. I think it would be far more entertaining for our listeners to have somebody on that did something just, like, absolutely horrendous. Like, the Green Lantern issue that we just read. Okay, now you cannot forward him the link to this. Oh. <laughs> I still could. I still could. Well, if if you want me there, you're going to have to give me a whole lot of notice. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I think it would be interesting to have Ron Mars on, like, just to review the Ion miniseries. You know, because I, I love, I love his Kyle, you know, his Kyle work in the beginning. And that Ion miniseries, like, he... He has said himself that it was a lot of editorial problems, but I mean, how how awesome would it be to find out, like, what he had originally planned for that book, you know, like what he originally wanted to do, had he been given an Ion series to work with, 
you know, stuff like that would be, you know, so much more interesting than just being like, you know, you know, oh, what was your inspiration for, you know, for Kyle and his girlfriend and blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, like, you know, his inspiration was the, he wanted to create a popular character and he did. Well, if you if you do have Ron Mars on to discuss something he did badly and he knows he did badly, or at least is not that well received, then you do you are aware you're gonna have to bring on your buddy Eric, right? Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Eric Eric's cool, but but the, the the one thing that Eric I would say needs work on is how to. How to say things tactfully. He definitely needs to work on his tact. And uh, Eric, if you're listening, you know it's true. It's just the way that he is. I mean, it's just, it's it's part of who he is. You know, not necessarily that he needs to change that. But if he was going to come on and talk about Ron Mars, he'd definitely have to change that. <laughs> if you do get an interview, please, seriously, give me notice so I can word my questions carefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I, well i mean it, interviews are are a very low priority at the landering cast hey come on man i i got scott collins on the fly you can do better <sighs> yeah well hey hey we got we got phil lamar and we got howard chaykin <laughs> we got howard chaykin yeah, i i got howard chaykin like that that was that was one of the coolest things for episode 25 i got howard chaykin oh my god i i can't think of his name Law and Order SVU. Chris Maloney. Ah, Chris Maloney. Thank you. That without you know that that and Phil Lamar were were more Jason, but but still we we did good. Oh, I think I think we lost our stride after we had to cover that issue. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say it's a lot more free free flow. It's it, it, somewhere along the lines, like I think we we broke, we got broken, and now <laughs> now we're just now we're just talking. It's. <laughs> And there is no, there is no uh, subtlety here. So let's just segue. Yeah. So how was your anniversary? Oh, okay. So, oh my anniversary. We went to Washington D.C. and uh, it was nice. You know, we <laughs> we never got to see any of the actual monuments, but uh, I, I've seen them all. Like you know, the first time I was there years ago, and uh, like we're planning on going back, going back in like the spring for the. The Cherry Blossom Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be very cool. Yeah, no, it was it was nice. It was fun. It was relaxing. We went to some really nice restaurants. Actually, one of the restaurants we went to was the Austin Grill. Oh, yeah? Yes. How was that? Do you actually have any of those by you? No. Uh, that, that, is, that sounds very new to me. Yeah. Well, what'd they serve? It was, it, well, they, they say it's authentic Tex-Mex. B.S. There's not a thing. As far as I am aware, there's not a thing north of Texas that is authentic, quote unquote, Tex-Mex. You know, <laughs> I don't know because this was absolutely delicious. I don't. I don't even care if it was you know authentic Tex-Mex. Basically, it was absolutely delicious. I had like some sort of chicken dish with rice and grilled vegetables and special gravy on the chicken. It was like awesome if it was delicious it, it may it may very well have been awesome and it may maybe and i'm not there's no way i'm changing my belief on this that all north northern 
quote-unquote authentic Tex-Mex sucks. But it may have been authentic if it was delicious. <laughs> Actually, like, the, uh, the, well, I got, I got my meal and Lauren got uh, enchiladas. And uh, <laughs> I, took, I took one bite of my chicken and I'm like, oh, my God, you have to try this. So she, she tries it and she's like, oh, my God, I should have gotten that. <laughs> people need to be more adventurous with their mexican choices whenever they're going out to get something to eat like that well always i mean enchiladas or tacos or burritos i mean yeah you get a different flavor combo kind of depending on how they cook it every time yeah but if you get something off the entree menu you know something like uh cabrito cabrito is uh for those of you who don't know it's it's young goat that's basically the translation and it's an it's an authentic Mexican dish, and it's it's a very unique flavor, and it's it's very it's definitely authentic you know Tex-Mex slash Mexican food. So, well the the chicken that I had it had a uh, chorizo gravy. Okay. Which I've never had before, uh, and it's very very good. Oh, I I need to find a place that makes it. <laughs> or look up in it. Look up a recipe. Yeah. Or I'll send you one. That's that's a good idea. And uh I think it was like a cilantro rice. Ooh. It's good. It was the whole thing was fantastic. But anyway, now that we've been talking for five minutes about one restaurant that I ate at at Washington DC. <laughs> uh and the only reason I, I mentioned that at all, everybody, is because Chad is from Texas. You're from Austin? Yeah, Austin, Texas, live music capital of the world. Yeah. I expected like some kind of applause or fanfare there, but yeah. <laughs> it was just an awkward silence. Maybe so maybe, uh, maybe James can edit it in afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath though. <laughs> uh so uh yeah, we we never got to any of the the monuments, but we went to a couple of museums. Did you go to the Air and Space Museum? No, not this time around. Uh, I've I've been there in the past, and it is a fantastic museum. Uh, we we had like one day to go to museums, and we wanted to see the museum of the the National Museum of American History and the National Museum of Natural History. Uh, okay. The the American History Museum, I would say, is actually like it's very large, but. It's also very small in terms of how many like things they actually have on display. Exhibits. Yeah. You know, like we, we went there for the pop culture things. Like, you know, we wanted to see the Ruby slippers from Wizard of Oz. Uh, okay. you know, and uh like we saw the original Muppets that Jim Henson used on a, you know, public access T V show before the actual Muppets came about. Uh that was amazing. Uh, we saw the Fonzie's jacket and Michael Jackson's black hat, uh, the chairs from All in the Family. You know, like, stuff like that was cool. But, like, they had, like, you know, this timeline on the wall, painted on the wall for, like, you know, pop culture things that happened starting with the first appearance of Superman in a comic book. Oh, that's cool. Yes, but there was no comic. Oh, you mean like in Action Comics number one? Like, yeah, it was, you know, Superman arrived, you know, in, you know, on Earth in 1939, I want to say. And I don't, I don't remember exactly. You know, in Action Comics number one. 
but there was no like exhibit with Action Comics number one. It's like yeah. the, the the whole exhibit took up like two small rooms, and you know like the 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 really like the the shame of the the whole thing is they have a copy of Action Comics number one. You know, like they have the first appearance of Batman, the first appearance of Superman. They've got all of that, like in warehouses, and they can only like display like so much at a time, apparently. But uh, like we we made it, like we saw everything in that museum that we wanted to see, like in under two hours. Uh, then we went over to the Museum of Natural History, and uh, I I have to say, like I was expecting something really grandiose, having the you know, the New York Museum of Natural History, like, an hour away. Um, mm-hmm. And I end up, I, I go to that museum, like, once a year, once every two years or so, because it's just such an amazing museum. And, like, really? yeah, oh, the one in New York? Yeah, well, I'm, I asked because the last couple of days I, I got a, uh, a New York travel guide, New York City, for the, for the June trip, if I ever actually save up enough money to go. Right. And, and I've been like circling things on the map and in the book that I want to do. And right now I'm turn. I, I know that a museum would take up a lot of the day. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I want to go to the Met or the Museum of Modern Art. If if it's between the Met and the MoMA, then you definitely want to see the Met. I think. Okay. Um, sorry for the segue, but yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Well. I, I've I've been to the Museum of Modern Art and you know it's I guess it, it's great if like you want to go in and see like a giant white canvas with a red dot on the middle, you <laughs> okay. know, or like the a, Met it is <laughs> a, like some weird sculpture that if you don't get it, it's because you're not good at interpreting it. You know, like obviously there are some some big big exhibits there, but. You go to the, you know, the Metropolitan Museum of Art and they've got like, they've got mummies, they've got, you know, Egyptian stuff, they've got Van Goghs, they've got like sculptures and, you know, art from like all around the world. Uh, I I actually, I went, uh, I think it was last year, they had the the superhero costume in fashion exhibit. Uh, That was very Dude, (laughs) I'm sold. Well, that, that that's that's gone now. That was like a temporary thing. But they have, they have. Well, like I was tons. sold when he said mummies and Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if you want to go to an art museum, like that's that's fantastic because it's an art museum. But then you also get like you know, other stuff too and history and stuff like that. They have like this this giant ass Viking ship. That's awesome. Yeah, but uh, you know. But that said, like you know, the Museum of Natural History in the city is like. It's hands down my favorite museum. So when I was going to the one in Washington, D.C., I was, like, really expecting something amazing. And, you know, like, it's a great museum. But, you know, when you compare it to the Museum of Natural History in the city, it it's just like, it doesn't hold a candle. You know, and I guess I guess, like, what it comes down to is... The fact that, you know, you go you go into the uh, Washington, D.C., and it's, you know, the National Mall, you have, like, a bunch of Smithsonian museums, like, right there. So, 
you know, you can go to the, you know, Museum of Natural History, the Museum of American History, the Air and Space Museum, the the Portrait Gallery, and, you know, the the Art Museum, and the Indian Culture, and Asian Culture, and I don't know, I, whatever. Uh, I'm just making up museums now. I don't even know. <laughs> but there's, like... They exist, I'm sure. There's a ton of museums. So, like, if you combine them all into one, like, you know, giant museum you know, it would be like the biggest thing that you could possibly imagine. But, you know, when they have them broken down and categorized, like, okay, well, this is your natural history museum. It's, it's just so, you know, so much smaller. Like they have, they have a a dinosaur room in the one in DC and in, uh, you know, New York, you have like, I don't know, three or four dinosaur rooms. You know, and, and it's like that with everything. Like, you know, D.C., they have an ocean room with uh, something called a right whale, a R-I-G-H-T whale, uh, hanging from the ceiling. Um, it's very neat. But then you go to the one in New York, and they have a blue whale hanging from the ceiling. You know, have you ever seen a blue whale? Yeah. Then you know how big it is. It's huge. Yes, they have one suspended from the ceiling that, you know, you can take pictures all around it. Um, crazy. Yeah, it's like the one in New York City, I, I guess it spoiled me. So when we went down there, like, it was very cool seeing this, this museum in D.C. But uh, it, Did you say you'd have been to the Air and Space Museum before? Yeah, yeah, actually, I went. It was a long time ago, but I have been there. It It's... It is pretty awesome. I will I will say that I've never been myself, so so it's gonna sound weird that I said that. But <laughs> my my dad works for the for the the union within the IRS, and uh, they have like con, uh, I guess conventions or something. I guess uh, a lot of the time in DC. So he's been a lot, and from what I gather, as far as museums go in DC, the Air and Space Museum is like the the coolest that is there. Yeah, well, since it was our, you know, anniversary, like, we were doing things that we both wanted to do, Uh, and Lauren, she wasn't that much into that, that kind of thing, but, like, you know, next time we go, that's, that's gonna definitely be a stop. You know, there's actually, there's two. There's two museums for the air and space. One air, one space, or just... No, two, yeah, well, two separate buildings for both. It's it's two separate buildings. Like one is the Air and Space Museum, and one is a hangar that just has like a bunch of you know insanely huge like airships and stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean between the two of them, you know, you've got the um, the uh, the Wright Flyer. Oh, I, I I wanted to go to the hangar because uh, they have the Enola Gay. Yeah. Do you, do you do you know what that is? I'm just trying to sound smart. If you unless you're referencing Transformers 2, then I don't know. Okay, the Enola Gay is the plane that dropped the two bombs on Japan. Oh, Hiroshima. Yes. Okay. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Okay. Yep. The reason I said Transformers 2 cuz isn't isn't the hangar where they Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's what I was picturing in my head. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that they have a stealth bomber in there. Um, I think they have a, a space shuttle. But all in all, good good anniversary, huh? Oh, it was fantastic. We had a great time. And, you know, and this is another segue, but... <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. That's that's really what we do. 
I don't even know if anyone's listening to us anymore. <laughs> I, you know, the first half of the episode was dedicated to the Elseworlds comic, and now we're basically just talking about things that we want to talk about. <laughs> but uh, on the way home, uh, we we had to stop and get gas. So about 30 minutes into the drive, you know, for a five-and-a-half-hour drive, you know, I pull off the, you know, a uh, highway off of Washington, D.C., Maryland area, uh, just before we got on the interstate, you know, driving down this road to try and find a gas station, find a gas station, and uh, and actually there off in the distance was a Jared, which, uh, you know, long story short on that one, my wife ended up being able to get me my anniversary gift a day late at that particular Jared. Behind the Jared, there was a Walmart, and <laughs> as we were driving in that area, you know, Lauren, she said, okay, well, we can either go to Jared or we can go to Walmart. And, you know, I chose Jared because I wanted to get an anniversary gift. <laughs> and uh, and so the, the reason that I had wanted to go to Walmart is because the most recent line of the DC Classics, Alan Scott. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, I have not been able to find him at all at uh, any of the Walmarts by me. Me neither. Uh, do you want to know what my Walmart has? <laughs> Nothing but Power Girls, and that's it. Oh, oh my! Actually, one of the ones by me had like, I don't know. They must have had like fifteen Power Girls all marked down to three dollars. Oh, so I have a Power Girl now. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. So yeah, so like I'm like, oh man, I'm like I'd love to stop at that Walmart because. As soon as I go out of state, anytime I go out of state and I go to a Walmart, I usually have, like, amazing luck finding anything I want. But, you know, time time just didn't work out, so we didn't get to stop. And then I go on a website, like, just yesterday or the day before, and I was, like, looking at pictures of, you know, like a pictorial review of the Alan Scott figure. And I don't know why I never noticed this in any of the pictures before, but... His mouth is wide open with his teeth, like, like barred, like this really weird facial expression. Have you seen these pictures? Dude, that's the first thing I noticed. I, How did you not notice that? I, you know, I have no idea. Like the, his power battery is like sculpted perfection. Like it's, it's the coolest Alan Scott power battery in action figure form that I've ever seen. And it's metallic, and the colors on his costume are fantastic. And I was just like, oh my god, that's such an amazing Alan Scott. And I guess the angle at which they, they showed the photos in the beginning, like I didn't pick up on it or whatever, but now I'm seeing it, and like, he's got like this like, I don't know, like he wants to bite off your face or something like that? So I'm guess do is this official? Does does Jim rescind his previous statement that you should get this figure? I, you know, I don't know. I it, it was it was the point where if I saw it, I would buy it, like hands down. Uh, that was my original recommendation. Seeing these pictures, I don't know. I don't know now. I'd have to see it in the store, and I'd have to you know really think about it i i i think i might pass that that facial expression is just i think it's a deal breaker you know what though i 
for the regular person, I would say, okay, pass. But I would think you of all people, having been customizing action figures before, maybe you could switch the head out and do a paint job yourself and just keep the body and the battery the way it is. You know, well, you know, that's, there, there lies the, my whole problem with the, the DC classics. Like, as much as I love them, you know, I, I have said before, like, if they were cheaper, I would probably own a lot more of them. Um, and that's true. That's definitely true. But the the second issue that I always had was that they're not the same scale as DC Direct. So, you know, like, I have, I have, like, the first Alan Scott Green Lantern figure that DC Direct put out, like, you know, years and years ago. You know, it doesn't have anywhere near the same articulation that the figures of today have, but uh, it's it's a great figure. If I tried to pop the head, you know, on the, the DC Classics one, it wouldn't look right. Well, I don't know anything about customizing figures. I just figured that would be the best option for you. I might still get it. I'm going to tell you that. I might still get it. Yeah. Just because I really, unless I really want to get that, that double pack, the Silver Age Green Lantern and the Golden Age Green Lantern pack that they came out with recently and just take the Allen out of that, <laughs> which I don't, I can't see myself doing that unless I like the whole thing. Yeah. I really don't see myself buying something just for half the pack. Yeah. Now I'm not, I'm doing that with Stell with the next wave so I can have that, that build a figure Stell and I'm just going to sell the rest of the figures out of box if I can. I don't know why my logic is different on that. It just Stell's that awesome. But I just I can't see myself buying a pack and splitting it just just for one figure. Yeah, well that's like the like the six pack. You know, like me personally, like I was not going to buy the six pack of Green Lantern, you know, box set. But if I did, like, you know, I would I would be getting it for the guy Gardner. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz that's, you know, they did a really good job with that guy Gardner. But like that's that's the same exact thing as what you're saying, like, you know, I I wouldn't buy the whole set just for like the one thing that you really want the alan scott in that two-pack is very good though you know he's it's a it's a very very cool alan scott figure you know the the green lantern hal jordan not so much yeah the, the body is the body is fine uh the power battery is cool it's just that that face is like i i, I can't remember what series that that figure face is from it's probably the it's probably based on some sort of Ed Bennis art. I, I think I've said that. I think I've said it the exact same way in the past too. Yeah, I mean, as much as I like Ed Bennis art, it just never translated well into figures for my liking. So, and, and since this this whole part of the episode is nothing but segues, we're we're talking about your anniversary, so therefore Lauren is involved in this conversation. I I have a question for you. Okay. How is it? That your wife keeps hopping on all these other episodes to talk to people, but she has yet to talk to me. That's what I want to know. I don't know. How come she claims to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm her good buddy Chad, but she <laughs> has, yet, has yet to say a single word to me? Okay, I'll tell you what. <laughs> There's a box that is going to be headed in your direction very soon. Okay. Okay? Are you sure about that? Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> The there's uh there's a couple of uh couple of final things that I'm working on that I have to uh, do some checking with. Um, will I get this by Christmas? That's the goal. That's definitely the goal right now. Because I will tell you right now that is my only Christmas present I will be receiving if that is the case. 
because all I've asked for this year is cash so I can get to New York in June next year. Well, oh, and the the whole June trip would coincide with the, the Green Lantern, Lantern cast movie meetup. Yeah, which is why I'm saving up. But I've always, I've all, I want to be a journalist someday. I really like the big city kind of scene. I always wanted to go to New York City, and I figured, you know, if the Lantern cast is going to be there, then if there was ever a time that was ideal for me to do that, then now is the time. Absolutely. So. Yeah. No, hands down. The, the only thing that I would say is that the, the toss-up is, do you go to the, the Green Lantern movie meetup with, you know, the Lantern cast, which, yeah, this is definitely going to happen, everybody. If you're listening and, you know, you're a fan of the Lantern cast and you are anywhere near New York or can get to New York for uh, the June, you know, Green Lantern movie, a whole bunch of us are going to, we're going to pick a time. We're gonna meet up in the city, and uh, we're going. We're gonna take a movie theater by storm. Yeah, no, like that. That's definitely like a cool thing to shoot for. But the other, the other thing would be Super Show. See, that's just it. I figured out it was coming up, and then I remembered all the cool stories and all the all the stuff Jason kept gushing about. Like it almost sounded like he enjoyed Super Show more than San Diego Comic Con. Oh yeah. I've never been to a convention in my life. And I want so badly to go to Super Show. But I, I there's no way. Unless someone out there, hey listeners, if you really love the show, what you can do is send me a check. <laughs> <laughs> my address is. <laughs> but seriously, I am almost considering getting a second job. Just so I can afford to go to both. I do it. <laughs> stop, stop thinking about it. Just do it. I I mean like like seriously, like Super Show is it's on par with New York Comic Con for me in terms of just like, you know, pure excellence. You know, like New York Comic Con has like hundreds of guests. You know, there's just, like, tons and tons of artists for commissions. And you've got all the booths to look through and, you know, programming. And, like, in in three days' time, you know, it's I think it's impossible to see everything. But you can try, and it's a lot of fun trying. Super Show is, like, it, it's nothing like, like a convention like that. It's it's much smaller. It's in a much smaller room. You You have much less, you know, artists there. You still have a lot of artists, but, you know, it's, it's no way, you know, obviously not near the, the New York, you know, lineup. But uh, you have a lot of artists, a lot of really, really good artists, too. You know, the, the whole point of going, though, is the atmosphere. It's just, it's such a friendly atmosphere. Everybody is so nice. Reading, Pennsylvania is such such a fun place to visit, too. You know, like, me and my wife, we went there, and it's just like, you know... The last year we went, you know, as we were getting all done and uh, getting ready to leave, you know, we were saying to each other, it's like, I wish that we had like another day or two, you know, at the beginning and end of the, you know, the trip to just kind of like relax and, you know, drive around and just take your time and, you know, enjoy the area. Like, one of the coolest things is this place called the Shady Maple. It's this Amish run smorgasbord. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we've mentioned this in the past, but like you go in there, like you pay, 
you pay your one price, you know, 12 bucks, whatever it is, 11 bucks, 10 bucks. And, you know, you go there for breakfast and it's like any, any breakfast food that you could possibly imagine, you know, you, you get all of it as much as you can possibly shove into your stomach. <sighs> man. You're killing me, man. You're killing me. Oh, and not for nothing, but that, you know, it's going to be me, it's going to be Dan, and it's going to be Jason all in one place. And Christian. And Christian's coming, too. And Lauren will be there, too, for a little while until she takes off with Jenny to go to the outlets. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, and you said you said good artists. I wanted to throw in there, for those of you on the fence, one of the artists, or the artist from Walking Dead's going to be there. Who is that? Did you know that? I, I have never read Walking Dead. What is wrong with you? I, I own the first trade. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Jim? Yeah? I don't care if you have to stop recording this episode and everyone leaves on a, on the, just a cliffhanger. Where the heck did these guys go? Go read it. Uh, come day. Okay, I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's almost like, okay, like I was with the movie Scarface. Everyone kept telling me, it's the best movie ever. You got to see it, dude. I can't believe you haven't seen it. So what did I do? I went out and I bought the DVD. I didn't rent it. I went out and bought the collector's edition DVD. I come back, I watch it, and I'm like, this is a good movie, but it's not the best I've ever seen. <laughs> and the same the same thing happened with uh, the movie The Hangover. I just saw it re- like within the past day or two. They're like, this is the funniest movie ever. No, it definitely isn't. I laughed, but it's not the funniest movie ever. It has some okay scenes. Yeah. I mean, but Walking Dead is awesome. Now, by the time you get around to reading it, you've heard so much stuff from Dan and everybody else that it's the best thing ever. Yeah. But, I mean, I, it's been built up in your head. It's not going to live up to that expectation, but it is good. It is, it is, that, that's what I can say. It's definitely good. Yeah. I bought it because of Dan and how he kept talking about it. And I found the trade in a, in a half price books for obviously half price. So I picked it up and it's, it's, it's definitely very good. If you say so. What are you doing? <laughs> is that you or is that Lauren? <laughs> You know what I was doing too. Uh, you know the song. <laughs> I have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> ba la 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 la. No. thinking about uh faking a really awful texas accent so you could hear that for the first time but... <laughs> that wouldn't really be the first time <laughs> eric's from texas yeah oh well <laughs> what you call it yeah yeah no lauren likes it when i when i speak italian yeah tell, 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 no, you tell the story you have to tell the story listen jimmy wait, wait. Have, no, I, have i already told the story i don't think you have I don't think so either. I think I have. But... No, tell the story again because well, some people might not have heard the old episode it was on. They come in a new point and they don't know. So you should just retell it. Okay, the story goes <laughs> Lauren, Lauren wanted me to 
to speak uh, Italian to her because I, I took a, a bunch of years of Italian. I don't speak it fluently, but I, I remember certain things here and there. You remember enough. I remember enough. So she's like, you know, say something romantic. Say something Italian to me. Say something in Italian. It'll be hot. It'll be hot. So the first thing that pops into my head, quanto costa la frigiare? And I look at him and I'm like, did you just ask me how much does the refrigerator cost? <laughs> uh, uh, so that's what he told me in Italian. It was very, very non-sexy. <laughs> and after that, I never asked him to do it ever again. We had a good laugh out of that one, though. Oh, uh, that's actually not the first time I've heard a similar story to that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to own every season of Everybody Loves Raymond way back in the day, and they had the same kind of an episode. He, she was asking him to talk to him, talk to her like that in bed or whatever, and he said, "Please move to the rear of the bus or something." <laughs> you don't even say it with a good accent anymore. You've even lost like the pronunciation. So he's speaking Italian, but with a Jersey accent. I don't even know what kind of accent it is. He's from Long Island. So. Long Island accent. Oh, Long Island. I'm sorry. It sound like Long Island accent. I don't know what it is. Dan's the Jersey boy. Yes. If 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 I'm not mistaken, I just insulted you really badly. You did. You didn't call me from Jersey, right? <laughs> no, I'm good. I, I dare not make those assumptions. <laughs> uh, not that the Long Island accent is any better. Oh, my sweet it's little so, Jewish girl. So amazing. <laughs> I'm not Jewish. Everybody thinks I'm Jewish. I don't understand what it is. I'm not Jewish. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with Jewish. My best friend is Jewish, but I just don't understand why people think I am Jewish. I don't know what it is. And neither do they, apparently, because when I ask them, they have this dumbstruck look on their face like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they think they're going to insult me if they tell me something. I mean, I have a small nose. Is that what, if you have a small nose, you're definitely Jewish. Well, the, the stereotype is that, like, you have a big Jewish nose. Which is kind of funny, because so do Italians. Italians, a lot of, like, Italians have, like, big noses. You have a Roman nose. So... It's Roman all over your face. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't have a stereotypical big nose or anything like that. I don't understand what it is. I, I think I think we're venturing into dangerous territory if we start asking that question <laughs> and people actually start answering. <laughs> That's all right. I want to know the answer. Do you know that? <laughs> I have no idea. Yes. Not without insulting someone. <laughs> yeah, Chad will have a box coming to him soon. Oh, will he? And in the box is That's what I said. things procured by Lauren. Yes. Yes. Well, see, I'm a little nervous about these procurements because she did ask me at one point what my girlfriend's favorite color was, and I'm not with that girl anymore. Yeah, I know, so don't worry. That's been removed from the box. <laughs> And that didn't okay. even, like happen. What we were planning on doing? What we were planning on doing? Did we tell the story? Yes, I don't we did. Remember? I think we did. We didn't. No, we didn't, couldn't have done it on the Valentine's Day one because it was in March. We went. But we can say when we went. When we were uh, going to the um, the show in Pennsylvania, Jimmy had the idea that like you know I should have like something to do while I'm there. So he's like, well, you know. Why don't we make bracelets or something? You can make bracelets. I was like, that's a fantastic <laughs> idea. <laughs> Why are you so loud? Oh, God. You're going to blow people's eardrums out. So, I forgot about the bracelets. Yes. So, so we're making, we were, we were weeks, Chad and everybody. We're making bracelets 
to like you know just like sell there or whatever. <laughs> Stop! I'm trying to tell a story. Control yourself. Right. Are y'all in middle school making bracelets to sell? <laughs> oh my god! I had to have something to do. So like we're sitting there, we're making it, and of course, like I'm just supposed to be the only one doing it. And of course, Jimmy sees me doing it, so he gets jealous. So he starts making bracelets. Now I want to point out at like the time of the month that this was happening, I was extremely emotional. <laughs> I was like crying over like anything, like commercials and stuff. And I'm normally not like it, like that. No. I'm normally not like that at all. But for some reason, that month, like, my hormones were out of control. Like, way out of control. So Jimmy starts making bracelets. And his his looked so much, like, nicer than mine. Like, his, like, the beads and the patterns. He's making all these, like, crazy, like, patterns and shit. They were coming out so nice. And I'm, like, looking at mine, and I'm looking at Jimmy's, and I'm, like, seriously, people, I'm, like, at the table, I'm, like, hysterical, I'm, like, you're making bracelets, and nobody's gonna want to buy mine, <laughs> nobody likes mine, they're all gonna like yours, why do you have to copy me, I'm not doing this anymore, and he's, like, he doesn't even know what to do with me, he's just, like, I, I, I don't know. I think yours are beautiful. People are going to like yours. I'm like, I'm not making any more bracelets. We're not selling them. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. <laughs> it was like I was a mess. I was literally a mess. So that's what I was planning on doing was... um Giving me your crappy bracelets. <laughs> no. Mine came out very nice, but compared to Jimmy's... We should actually post pictures of yours, Jimmy. Jimmy's came out like... I can't eat, like, I told him, I was like, I don't want you to sell that one. I'm like, I want to wear that one. You yeah, well, can't bring that one. The, the thing about the bracelets is that, like. Oh, here we go. Are you, I was making patterns based on <laughs> colors for superheroes and blah, 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 and bullshit. I figured since we were going to Super Show and she wanted something to do with Super Show, I said, okay, well, it would make sense to me that if you come up with jewelry, that has like colors and themes that represent superheroes, you might have a better shot of selling it at a comic book show. Okay. And my theory was all the guys that were going to super show and whatever would be able to get something to like bring back to their girlfriends and wives that they'd actually want to wear. Well, when you start, when you started telling the story, my theory was that Jim just wanted to keep his wife busy. <laughs> no, not even. What you call it? So, like a bunch of my color combinations. Like the other thing was, I I'm big into patterns. So, you know, I like patterns, and the color combinations that I was going for were very representative of like the the Green Lantern core colors. So, like you know, I'd have like a one with like a bunch of blues and blacks. Another one with greens and blacks. So, you know, stuff like that. Like, if you look at it, like, you can definitely see where my inspiration is coming from. But, uh, you know, Lauren, she she was going for, like, these these beads that were, you know, I guess they had, like, a tint of a rainbow to them. So no two looked alike. And when <laughs> you try to put them together, it's impossible to create a pattern. 
So <laughs> she's getting frustrated because it doesn't look like, you know, harmonious <laughs> like my patterns do. It was it was hysterical. Oh my god. I get it. I was that was like a mess. Just crying over these stupid bracelets. Needless to say, the beads have been sitting in the box and whatever and have not been touched since because that is just something <laughs> we're gonna just like leave in the back of the closet for forever and it's never the, revisit. It's an unspeakable subject. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That we've just been talking about for 20 minutes. <laughs> the bracelet I did make for your girlfriend, I, uh, I did not put with the stuff to send to you. <laughs> Good. What else are we talking about? I was telling Chad how awesome Super Show is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are you coming? I want to, but he's rub- he's rubbing it in even more, even though he knows I may not be able to come. Why he's, not? He's thinking about getting a, a part-time job, a second job, yeah, to be able to afford to go to New York City in June for the movie thing. Oh, yeah. And then also to be able to come to Super Show. Okay. You should totally do it. You definitely should. You should. I work, every other week I work like 47 hours, 48 hours in the span of four days, so... <laughs> So you have second, three days that you could be working. That's true, but uh, I need at least one of those days to sleep in until like two. Uh, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. Of the two, if you had to choose which to do, which to go to, I don't know. What do you think you should choose? Oh, you should choose New York. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely choose New York. Because then you'll be here for a whole week. And then, you know, in between other things we could see you chad <laughs> <laughs> um, well sightseeing and you know lauren you you did have an input into one of my destinations oh yeah you referenced the valentine's day episode i told jim earlier i've been re-listening to a lot of episodes yeah you meant you mentioned a place that serves frozen hot chocolate oh, oh serendipity. serendipity yeah so it's on my list now. Oh, you got to go to Serendipity. Be prepared to wait, though. There is a long wait, but it is so worth it. The frozen hot chocolate is delicious. So, so good. Got to check it out. There's a whole bunch of stuff. There's so much stuff to do. You know, going to Pennsylvania and the Super Show and stuff, that's fun. All you're doing is, like, you're there all day and then, like, you know... Other than going off for food and drinks afterwards and stuff like that. If you come to the city, there's so much to do so much to see like really there's really no comparison honestly like i think well you know know, it's like if somebody from out of state like that's never been to new york is thinking about flying in like chad to to meet up with the lantern cast for uh for the movie i mean yeah obviously there are like there's a million things to do in the city things that you can't do anywhere else you know, like, if you go to Serendipity, like, at the very, at the end of that block, like, just a couple of, you know, like, steps away is Dylan's Candy Bar, which is uh, this immense candy store owned by Dylan Loren, uh, daughter of Ralph Loren, the fashion designer. It's this, like, huge candy store. There's, like, so many different types of candy. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's just, it's a, it's a cool place to go to. You know, and that's just, like, steps away from serendipity. There's, like, wherever you go, like, 
very nearby is something else that's amazing also. Well, I'm going to have to just like message you two on Facebook every time I get an idea of a place to go. Maybe that's what we should do is put together like um like a list of like our favorite like things to do in the city so like when people come in like they have like stuff that they, you know, can do while they're visiting when they go like see the movie. Whoever. Before he was asking me, should he go to the Met or the MoMA? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he told. Well, there's a lot of like I've been doing a lot of research because this is like a dream vacation of mine. Yeah. And there's a lot of weird stuff there too. Like for instance, the Museum of Sex. My sister went to see that. I'm dying to go. She says it's amazing. She says it's so interesting and amazing. You should definitely, definitely check it out. I heard the name and said I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going into the city, like you're you're gonna want to check out like the dining options. You know, like there's food in the city. That you can't get anywhere else. Like, you know, they have these awesome options like Olive Garden. <laughs> uh, it, sell, Olive Garden has this really authentic Italian food. <laughs> There's a Planet Hollywood. You, you can't find that anywhere else. Fridays. There's a TGI Fridays. It's McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> well... There, not only are there McDonald's, there's a special McDonald's on Broadway that uh, is actually pretty special. Oh, yeah? Why is it special? You want to elaborate? It's like... <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember why it's special. You're it's an idiot. Like... Don't listen to Jimmy. I think what we're going to do is we're going to set up a whole thing like on uh, the, the website, the LanternCast website. People coming in, recommendations on restaurants, activities, sightseeing, things like that. And uh, maybe we'll plan, like maybe we'll put like a couple like links up there and whatever you know if I find any like discounted sites for like tickets for things. You could plan like a weekend thing and we'll just go out there and hit up everything with these people that are coming in for the weekend. Well, speaking of Broadway, one of my plans is actually to see a Broadway show, for sure. For sure, if you want to see a Broadway show, get tickets early. Um, I recommend uh, Broadway Box. Dot com has like a lot of like discounted tickets and stuff like well, that. That's a good one. If he doesn't care about which Broadway show he goes to, then he can. <gasps> you care? Trust me. No. Well, if Li- if Lion King is there, that I have to go see that. Apparently, a lot yeah, of people tickets, told me I have to see that. That one was mm-hmm. good. We saw that recently, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he should go see Spider Man. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I've already seen the reviews. Oh, Don't even try. Listen to me. Oh, come I on, come saw... on, come on. No, 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 no. Oh, come saw... on. What do you? Listen, I'll hardly ever on your show. I saw the billboard for this. It, it was out like outside where the theater is. Like um, how long ago? Like two years ago? It was before we were married. I know that. It was yeah. It was a while. It ago. It was like two years. It's been like the the thing you know mm-hmm. coming to this theater. Spider Man. Blah blah blah. I took one look at it and I said, Spider Man the musical. That is going to be retarded. Yep. Yep, it is. And Jimmy goes, oh, I want to see it. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. I was giving it the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Yeah, flash forward two years to present day. How many people have injured themselves? It runs, like, you know, too long. They have to keep stopping because, like, the idiot 
and like the freaking the wires keeps getting tangled and shit and it's just like hanging listen, there. Listen, it's that, so it's so bad. It's, there there are there are worse reasons to to not see that. Oh god, I part of me does want to see it just for the train wreck. Exactly. That's the only thing to go is just to like if I could get like really cheap tickets and the tickets for it are not cheap. Let me yeah, tell no. you, like they are very very expensive. The to cheap this, seats like... are like eighty bucks. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. But uh, if I could like just get cheap tickets just to see like somebody break a leg or like get tangled <laughs> in the wires or like whatever fall from the ceiling, I would totally go see it just for that alone. Oh, what a tangled I mean, web we weave! Seriously, but as far as just seeing it for quality, no. <laughs> that sounds like uh, I was really for a long time when I was younger. I was really into the Anne Rice Vampire Chronicles thing. Did you see that? What you're about to reference? Because I saw it. Did you see? I, I, I did not see it. But I, the one I heard that they were adapting it and calling it Lestat, and that Elton John was doing the music and stuff. I was like, I'm so down. We're, but I could never go see it. It never came to town. I heard they canceled it. Yeah, they canceled it. Let me tell you, I got tickets. This was so long. That was so many years ago. That was like. God, maybe like six years ago, something like that. It was a while ago that was out that I saw that. They said Elton John was doing the music. What they didn't tell you was he was only doing the composition. He didn't do any of like the lyrics or anything like that. <laughs> and you knew right off the bat because let me tell you, it was, I, I got tickets for cheap. It was like the previews tickets when like, you know, before like it actually opens, opens. So it was like, you know, maybe like people had only been like seeing it like, uh, for maybe like uh, a couple weeks and uh it was such a train wreck it was so bad the music was so god awful i mean like i I, i'm surprised elton john didn't want to just be like you know what i'll pay you to take my name off of it it was so bad i mean like it opened up with um if anybody knows the story like uh it, it, it the, the stat story starts when um he's human and uh you know back how many like centuries ago and he's you know defending his like uh land against like wolves and you know he actually becomes a man by like killing a wolf or something like that and literally the song that he was singing he was like I killed the wolf I'm the wolf killer I killed the wolf I'm the wolf and it like went on for like. 15 minutes just like over and over and over about how he killed this wolf it was so awful it was and so that bad. sucks because those stories have the potential to actually make a good musical or you something. know what i i left there it was like everybody was laughing it was a joke i, I was just uh, i was like flabbergasted but you know what it should have never been a musical under any circumstances it could have been a very good just just uh you know regular drama it did not need to have like the songs and whatever and it would have probably done well if they had just cut all like the music out of it like there was no need for it whatsoever well queen of the dam could be a good musical because there's just mostly music but i mean they can you know have the orchestra and whatever playing but they they don't need to be singing songs up there you know they can yeah. have the orchestra for dramatic effect and whatnot but so, but yes, I think that's what we should do. We should uh, do an itinerary thing for like stuff people want to check out or get tickets to restaurants. It'll be something for me to do. I can contribute. Yay! Okay, let's. Uh, I'm gonna wrap this up. You gonna wrap it up? 
All right, I'll go back in the other room with baby. Okay. All right. I'll see you in a little bit. Later, Chad. Bye, Lauren. Bye. So I think we talked longer about random stuff than we actually did about Green Lantern and Elseworld stuff. Yeah, well, we talked about what was important. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, so... So tease. Quick tease. Do you want to do... Are, are we doing Dragon Lord next time, or are we doing Evil's Might? Oh, God. Because we... Because we've done one that sucks now. Well, we did two that were very good, and now one that's very bad. So maybe we should do another one that's very bad, or do we go do do another good one first? I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I think the I think the only thing that redeemed this episode was the conversation about random BS afterwards. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm 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 wondering if because uh, I I don't remember Evil's Might at all. I haven't even read it yet. And I I kind of have more faith in that than the memories that I have from Dragon Lord. Because I, I haven't read Dragon Lord since it came out because, well, I'll save that review till that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll tease it by not telling them what we're going to do next episode. But surprise, surprise, it's going to be one of those two, folks. <laughs> yeah. So if they want to contact us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Send us an email or something. Yeah, something like that. Just do a Google search for LanternCast. You'll find something. If you go to LanternCast.com, there's the website. It's got the forum, the Facebook page. If you want to email us, LanternCast at gmail.com. Or you can email us individually at Jim, Chad, James, Dan, or Jason at LanternCast.com. We all have our own email address there you can find us on itunes you can leave us a voicemail at 206-202-1159 that's uh 206-202-1159 drop us a line let us know what you're thinking uh, let us know if you're going to be coming to the the trip in the city or super show yeah, or super well yeah super show too i mean they're both awesome. You know, like, you know, here I was. I'm like trying to build up Super Show, and then Lauren comes in, and it's like, oh, New York City. <laughs> They're both great. New York City is is a fantastic place to go if you've never been. Super Show is like the most inviting convention, you know, comic convention that you'll ever go to. And if if you're not sure, go back and I think what episode 25, 50. Episode 50 is the, the first time Jim, Dan, and Jason all went to the Super Show. So listening to that, it's it's really nice. Yeah. Well, the first year we all went together. Yes. And uh, as as far as the voicemail number is concerned, you don't have to just leave voicemail for the LanternCast main podcast. You know, you could give us something to talk about. Yeah. Or you can... if you don't want your voicemail to be heard on the air and you just want to give us feedback, that's good too. That's true. I can't think of anything else right now. Oh, we're on iTunes. I said that. No, you didn't. I sure did. Oh. Well, there's something that you, you, you've stopped doing for a while. I, I'm Cage Narlay on the forums. Oh, yeah. And I'm Chowanata on the forums. You don't seem too keen on bringing back that. Yeah, I just, I just kind of expect people to know at this point. <laughs> Join the forums. It's a nice, fun little get-together. And hey, there's contests that you don't get to enter elsewhere. Yes, so. yes. Awesome, awesome contests. Okay, that's it. Um, <laughs> We're done. We're done. So long, everybody. Bye.
Nice.